Hey everybody, welcome to Fighting Films, a podcast where three friends pit two films against one another that are similar to us in some way. Maybe they have very similar plots, maybe they share directors and themes, maybe they're an adaptation of a famous novel, or maybe there's just something personal to one, each, or all of us. Either way, the discussion's going to be fun, so let's get those films fighting. This, is, this episode is one of our director spotlights, and I'm one of your co-hosts, Chris, and with me today is... Stefan, I'm the show creator, stat person, fun fact generator, and critical aggregate. And also, as always... Hi everyone, I am Jess, I am the uh, crowned uh, social media guru here on Fighting Films Pod, and you can find us uh, on Gmail, Facebook... Um, Insta, Twitter, and Patreon uh, at Fighting Films Pod or Fighting Films Podcast. Speaking of Patreon, we do love your support, just like we love our Patreon supporters, uh, Karen and Brandt. And if you want to hear your name spoken by us, you'll uh, you can come up for air at the end and listen to how you can get yours in there too. But don't come up too fast or get the bends. <laughs> yes i was hoping as soon as she said that i'm like make a ben's joke <laughs> awesome oh man you know it's funny a, a friend of mine that always ends up having strange um things that happen to him involving scuba diving um called me up one time and was like dude the weirdest thing happened to me today when i was scuba diving and i was like what and he goes i got attacked by an animal and i was like a shark and he goes you'd think it would be right i got bit by a dog <laughs> and I go, okay. Fred, how the hell did you get bit by a dog? He goes, well, we, we stopped on like this island after we were done scuba diving. And there's, I guess, like wild dogs on there. And I went walking mm. on a path I wasn't supposed to and got bit. So they had to rush me to shore. And get, I'm like, are you serious, dude? He's like, yeah, it was pretty wild. And also he just found out that uh, he has the bends. Um, oh my! Like mm. it, it happened to him, like when he was younger and didn't know, and there was like an air pocket in his spine, and oh now my. he has minor paralysis because of it. So <gasps> crazy mm. shit. That, um, that but, is so wild. But that actually makes sense to get bit by a dog because I mean, you're more likely to be killed by a dog or you know a dog bite than a shark. Right, oh, exactly. a lot more. Exactly. And, 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 you know, we're talking about sharks and scuba diving in the bends. So, Stefan, what movies are we talking about today in our director spotlight? We're discussing 47 Meters Down and 47 Meters Down Uncaged, which uh, for American-centric listeners is 154.2 feet. I love it. Oh, man. Men after my own heart mentioning the engineering unit conversion stats. <laughs> um <laughs> And, uh, you know, Stefan, this director that made both of these, um, he's he's just been announced to be involved in something that's very near and dear to my heart. And I'm hoping it's awesome. Yeah. The um, the new Resident Evil movie. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah. yeah. Especially after seeing these two movies it's like this guy gets it. So mm -hmm. I think we're going to have some fun. Yeah. Which is now pushed back to Thanksgiving. So Kyle and I are trying to figure out how we can, you know move our plans around so we can go see it. <laughs> it was going to be Labor Day weekend originally, which is when there's pride in Duluth. It's like, great, okay, I'll be up there. We can go then. Awesome, but ugh. 
So before we get to breaking down um, the movies, you know, obviously these movies are sequels to each other, so that's the main reason why they're alike. But um, some sequels can just be drastically different and not the same thing. But folks, you know, Stefan, Jess, like, what are some other ways in which, you know, these movies did a good or not so good job of being alike before we get into breaking them down? Um, I mean, they're both uh, shark-centered. That is our protagonists of the movies. Um, There are a lot of other issues surrounding the movies, um, but the main protagonist and the one that keeps coming back are sharks. Um, And we've got uh, both of these movies are female-led. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, not for nothing, the, the, the horror trope of the teenage girl that gets chased by a serial killer, which these movies are definitely playing on with the sharks for that. You know, I really ended up liking most of the protagonists in both of these movies. You know, there there's definitely the ones that are like, OK, that girl was kind of a pain in the butt. So, of course, she's going to be the first <laughs> one that's going to die. But they both tried to have a strong central relationship somewhere in there that was being tested and looked into throughout the movie. And I thought that, you know, that's a lot better than movies that kind of just go, yeah, we're going to get them there and the sharks are going to attack them. And we didn't really think of anything else. (laughs) So they were at least kind of trying there, I think. Yeah. uh, Actually, what is cool is that in both movies, um, uh, the main characters are sisters or, you know, uh, stepsisters. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It makes it feel a lot more grounded. Um, and, and you know, I, I just I, I like a movie that tries. You know, that isn't just showing up and being like, yeah, you know. And these movies definitely seem to try, so it's good on them. So, movie well, I, number. Go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, I was going to say, I think um, it gave them a reason to have to care about each other, because, like, you know, you can be a good human being and care about somebody. But, you know, if a shark's coming at you and you don't really know the other person, you can, you know, push them towards the shark or in front of you and be like, take them, see ya. But if they're, you know, your sister, you grew up with them, or at least, you know, you have some sort of attachment, um, you know, you're trying to look out for each other and survive together. Exactly. Absolutely. And I, and I I love survival movies anyway, so this genre is just primed for me. So with that, um, Jess, take a take it away. Tell us about Forty Seven Meters Down. Alrighty, so Forty Seven Meters Down is a PG thirteen adventure drama horror from twenty seventeen. Um, according to imdb.com, it says it's about two sisters vacationing in Mexico who are trapped in a shark cage at the bottom of the ocean. With less than an hour of oxygen left and great white sharks circling nearby, they must fight to survive. Um, so I actually super love creature features, and I love that we are doing them this month. So we get to get all my creature feature buckets filled um but for some reason i don't know why and i couldn't tell you but i really love shark movies yeah Mm -hmm. jaws the meg uh six-headed shark attack (laughs) like (laughs) sharknado oh all the sharknados (laughs) like it they're just so 
insane and great and just bonkers and like you can go from a movie that you know is very realistic like this one or you can you know go go all the way to six-headed shark attack where you know the shark uses four of its heads like legs and goes on land like it's just it's all ridiculous what you know people come up with but it's just it's so interesting to see these big creatures of the deep as these protagonists and i just i just think it's so interesting and so fun um so I did take some notes while I was watching this. So um, we have Lisa and Kate, uh, who are sisters. Lisa is Mandy Moore, uh, played by Mandy Moore. And Claire Holt plays Kate. And actually, what's really wild about this is there are six people in the cast. That That's Literally. crazy. Yeah, that's it. Six yeah. people in this entire movie. But... It you know it keeps your attention and I just I really love it. Um, upon first watching, like I just you know went through the entire thing on one watch, and you know there's a couple of good jump scares in there, and there's a twist at the end that absolutely got me. And you know I I can usually see movies coming, and I was gobsmacked by this one. Um, Yep. So we open up and uh, Kate and Lisa are vacationing in Mexico and um, they're lounging by the pool, whatever. And uh, that night, um, Kate gets up to go find Lisa because she's not in, I believe, the bed that they're sharing and, um, you know, finds out that the reason Lisa's longtime boyfriend didn't come on the trip with them is that they broke up and he dumped her and, you know, he just, you know, it's obviously not <laughs> a good idea um, if you just broke up for good. And I get it. I've been there. I've been through the big breakup where, you know, you ha- you've been living together and you have to separate everything and ugh. Like mm-hmm. this, this girl's lucky she went on a trip to Mexico and didn't have to like stay behind and deal with all of the fallout. And I can understand being heartbroken on this trip, but what a place to be heartbroken in. Damn. <laughs> I, yeah. I, you know, imagine, you know, drinking daiquiris poolside. I mean, that sounds amazing. Um, so they can't go back to sleep. They go to a club and they meet a couple guys and they have lunch with them and uh, the next day and the guys are like, hey, you could, you should go shark diving with us. And uh, Kate, who's more adventurous and more of a daredevil, she's the older sister, is like, yeah, we should go. And Lisa's like, no, I don't think so. And uh, yeah, Stefan. Oh, I was saying it's always a red flag when you um, uh, when you have two guys in a foreign country say, Let, let's do, you know, join us for this. You know, I was like, uh. um, I, I don't fully agree with that. Um, these guys weren't trying to be malicious. They were trying to get them out to have fun. They weren't, you know, trying to feed the girls to the sharks. 
They weren't, you know, ripping their eye out hostile style. They, you know, they were just trying to show them a good time. I mean, yeah, thank God. Yeah. And I mean, I totally get it. Like, don't, you know, go on some randos boat that you don't even know the two guys you've known for 24 hours. But apparently that's something my my mom uh, she went to Mexico like with her friend right after they graduated high school and her friend tried to get uh, her and my mom to do just that. My mom said no. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I can only think back to Natalie Holloway and that situation. And, you know, it, it could have gone downhill so easily. And, you know, don't go with guys you don't know. or Don't go with people you don't know for that matter. But, you know, um, in this movie, thankfully, these guys were not malicious. Mm-hmm. So, um, Kate, which this this is something that kept bug, bugging me during the film, is that uh, Lisa, Manny Moore's character, kept saying no to things. And Kate would ho- hold over like, oh, you know, how are you going to get exciting pictures if you stay in you know the bathroom the entire time or you know do you just want pictures of us lounging poolside is that going to make your ex jealous um things like that and just it it was kind of shitty in my opinion um but i i understand but it's still shitty um so anyway kate gets lisa to go and they uh they meet this he looks American, um, but they, uh, the four of them, uh, Kate, Lisa, Javier, and uh, Louis, um, meet a guy the next day to drive them out to this. Mm, it's not a sailboat, but it's, it's not much bigger than one either. Like a, a, <laughs> a schooner. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, more or less. Um, it's it's not a terribly big boat. Um, there's enough room for them to kind of stand there, but not a ton of room to walk around, really, um, with equipment and everything. So um, they get there, and the guys go down in the cage first. Um, and they come back up, and they said, okay, don't worry, you're only going to go five meters down in the cage. You know, and five meters is 16.40 feet Mm. for us Americans. Um, Still, you know, a decent amount. Um, But what stopped me, the two things that stopped me is one, you get on the boat and their equipment is rusty as hell. Yes. Yeah. Like. Like, I get it. You're on salt water. It's in the air. It's everywhere. But this entire cage is covered in rust. The winch is covered in rust. Like, everything is rusty. Like, mm -mm, I, I don't trust it. And Lisa said no as well. But not only do they have rusty equipment, they start chumming the water. If you don't know what chumming is, it's where they take fish bits and blood and throw it in the water to draw sharks in. Um, And sharks can sense blood up to like five miles away. It's 
It's pretty crazy. Um, but it's actually illegal in a lot of places. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess it's iffy in Mexico. Like, there are certain areas that you can't chum in. Um, I didn't know specifically where they were. Uh, but Kate does make a comment that isn't it a, it isn't it illegal? And uh, the the uh, other guy, I think Benjamin, just kind of, you know, shrugs it off. Like, hey, we're in Mexico. How else am I supposed to call the sharks? Hey, sharks, come here. Here, sharky, sharky, sharky. And it's like, <laughs> you're such an ass. Like, that's a great way to get his uh, his persona across. But dang. Now the girls suit up and are about to get in the water. And the uh, Captain Taylor... Um, Matthew Modine actually, uh, was saying, you know, just calm down. Sharks can sense a heartbeat five miles away. And I'm like, I don't know if that's true. So yeah, actually sharks can sense heartbeats. Um, it doesn't say how far away, um, but they sense their prey through something called super sensitive electrosensory organs. Um, and so I just thought that was really interesting um, that they can even pick up like faint electrical signals. Like I thought that was pretty wild. Yeah, uh, sharks are incredible. Yeah, yeah. They are. They're so amazing. Yeah, so they they can pick up little electrical signals from your body, and uh, just, it's so wild. I mean, we we know that they don't have the best eyesight, and of course they don't have ears, so they can't hear, but, you know, they pick up on blood, they pick up on, you know, vibrations in the water, and now faint electrical signals, like, that's that's pretty crazy. so anyway, she gets down, they get down in the cage, and they borrowed uh, one of the guy's cameras, and he straight up says, don't drop it. And it's got, like, <laughs> a fucking wrist tether and everything, and they're taking pictures, and as soon as they get into the water, you know, Lisa's loving it. Like, she's like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And, you know, by the way they're acting, honestly, a whole new world popped into my head. I'm like, <laughs> a whole new world. <laughs> like, it just, you, you it know, and I'm shocked this is one of the only Mandy Moore roles where she didn't sing in yeah. the production. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's rare yeah and so uh they're taking pictures in their cute scuba gear and they have like these really nice face masks instead of like the you know goggles and like the mouth piece um and then after a few pictures they drop the camera and it's eaten by a shark mm-hmm. so that's that's mm-hmm. great you know that's that's why the wrist strap is there um, yeah, I was wondering about that too. It's like that's, that's something I would never lose for myself or anybody else. I don't care. I don't care how mad I was at anybody. I would never damage your phone deliberately. Well, and it's not like they dropped it deliberately. They just, you know, didn't put it on their wrist like they should have. Yeah, um, I would have. Oh I would have made. I would have made sure that they had that on their wrist before they got in the water. Well, I mean, he trusted them. Like they were just getting in the water, like yeah, 
really much time to be like, is it on your wrist? I want to see it. So, yeah, I'm the a, I'm a kind of person who would be, but that's me. <laughs> yeah, um, actually, I was going to say this reminds me of when uh, my friend who does uh, karaoke DJing um, got wireless microphones. And uh, a friend of mine was up doing karaoke in this really tiny bar in Anoka. And he did something like fancy with the microphone and he didn't have the wrist strap on and accidentally threw it down a flight of stairs. Oh, no. <laughs> but we digress. Um, anyway, they are uh, they see a couple sharks and um, they're enjoying their view. You know, they see big sharks come by. Kid is like, oh, pet one. And honestly... I probably would have tried to pet one. You know, it's they're too big. They can't make a big U-turn. You know, they're probably going to be sleek, like, you know, a seal, maybe. I've, I've never pet a shark, so I don't know. But, you know, I, I honestly would have tried. But Lisa being, you know, Lisa, no, no, can't do that. Um... But as soon as they're a few minutes in, the winch slips and they drop down oh. a couple. Oh. And at that point, Lee says, like, nope, nope, I want out. Not done. I'm not okay with this. I want out. Which, hell yes. Between mm-hmm. that gas equipment and your winch slipping? No way. I am not staying in there. And Kate is like, no, no problem. You know, nothing's wrong. But no. I, I would be on Lisa's side. Like, yes, I want out. I am done with this. No more. Yeah, this and, is a deep-seated fear of mine. Yeah. Exactly what happens to them in this movie. <laughs> I, I would have been like, do we really need to go out where the water's that deep? Can we go where it's like 30 feet deep? <laughs> I mean, sharks, uh, you know, swim in as little as 10 feet of water. Um, I don't know. I would be all about it, but I would not be on that rusty equipment. That would be my deterrent. I'd be like, yeah, mm, no, no. I want to see a nice real steel cage. I want to see nice equipment that has been well maintained. Like none of this rusty tiny boat shit. Nope. I want to see your license. Yeah, all that. Uh, not not necessarily that, but I mean, then again, I probably wouldn't trust you know Rando Rick and his buddy. You know, <laughs> I would go through you know the hotel or something. But yeah, and so, you know, I'm with Lisa. I want to come up. I don't want to be part of that anymore. Like, no matter how cool it is, I will go snorkeling in the, you know, shallow water. Like, this is not a thing I want to stay in. And so they start to bring them up. And the entire winch breaks off of the boat. And they plummet to the bottom. And quickly at that, because it is a very heavy cage. Um, I, I tried to look up to see if there were anything that can happen if you plummet too quickly. Um, in the movie, the girls did kind of black out for a while. Um, and were knocked out for a little bit. And it looked like Mandy Moore had, or Lisa had a bloody nose. Um, but otherwise, you know, overall they were okay. Um, now I gotta say, like, one thing that really drives me nuts in this movie, and it's a common thread, is that these girls are waiting to be rescued. No, no, 
unless they can get down there ASAP, like, don't, don't wait around. Like, they talked about, you know, the only safe place is the cage. Honestly, if you stick <laughs> together and you swim up, like, back-to-back or looking at each other and looking the other way, looking around and, you know, go at it slowly so you don't get the bends, they probably would not have run out of oxygen, made it up relatively safely. Like, I just... Ugh. I mean, yeah, if, I mean, if you know what you're doing, I, I don't know if I would have been so keen to do that. I mean, eventually I would have mustered up the courage, but I don't know. I, I refuse. I'm like, nope, I am not sitting here in this cage on the bottom of the ocean floor for who knows how long. Sorry, not sorry. I'm out of here. You can come get your cage later. Like just gonna gnaw my leg off here and just get the get the hell out of this cage. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and like her sister went out through like a large opening in the cage, whereas you know, then her sister had to pull the winch off of the top of the door so that Mandy Moore could get out. And it's like, like. You, you didn't have to do all that. But, okay, you know, I I understand wanting to go out the door. Um, so, they, uh, the sister, Kate, um, swims up a little bit to try and reconnect the radio because they are out of frequency. Yes. Um, and talks to the guy, lets him know that they are 47 meters down, which is a long way to fall. Mm-hmm. Um, no, no Blues Travelers fans. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's good. Sorry. <laughs> um, no, it's all good. Um, I I know a lot of music lyrics, so I get cryptic with those. Um, <laughs> no, that that's a good one. It's it's literally I'm like sitting there going, what? As soon as you said no Blues Travelers, yep, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, Kate goes up gets an SOS into uh, the captain and they say, okay, we're sending um, Javier down with the other winch. You know, and uh, at that point, Kate comes back down and gets in the cage just quick enough to be missed by a shark. And at this point, the cage starts cracking. Like, it, it's not enough that this cage is rusty as fuck. It is now cracking. This is a janky operation that they have. It really is. Least. It yeah. is. Like, I just... Oh, there's there's so much in this movie. There's so many red flags. It's like, no. Stop. <laughs> Cease. Um, and so, you know, they wait a couple minutes and they start seeing a... Um, flashlight and they they start yelling which sound does not travel well underwater um or at least voices don't um and so kate actually winds up picking up a rock and starts hitting the uh the cage with it which is very smart in my opinion mm-hmm. uh, but then they realize that the flashlight is not coming towards them. And so 
um, comparing air, they find out Lisa has more than Kate, and she goes to kind of guide Javier back to um, back to the cage. And uh, I gotta, I gotta talk about the name Javier. Uh, my son used to watch a show called Yokai Watch, which was like Pokemon, but with spirits instead of animals. And um, they would become friends instead of fighting. So it, it was the early stuff that I let my son watch when he was younger. Um, but in the very early episodes, they had a spirit named Javier. And uh, his his accent was so thick; it kept sounding like they said uh, "happy hair." <laughs> and so that's that's all I think of when I hear Javier. Now I'm like, "Happy hair!" Awesome! So. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, it's just it's I don't know. I like it better for little little kids. Um, but it's it's very much the same premise as Pokemon. But I digress. Again, Lisa starts swimming towards the uh, flashlight beam and another shark comes up and tries to bite her. And she just jumps into this random rock cave. Which I'm like, no, don't do that. Um, If you think about all of the different fish that hide in the crevices of places like that and her legs and feet were bare. Like, she could have gotten nipped by something poisonous and would have been worse off. Like, I never thought of that. And that oh, that's making me chills. Yep. Yeah. Like, she... <laughs> I, she I, I'm so been, terrified of the ocean. God. <laughs> she would have been better off, like, flattening herself on the ocean floor than jumping in this random rock cave. Like, it just... Uh, it's so frustrating. Um, I, I read way too much National Geographic as a kid, so <laughs> learning learning about all the different ways the ocean can out. kill you. Yeah, <laughs> much. Um, just, you know, shit to watch out for. Um, anyway, so she, you know, um, hides from the shark enough that it loses interest and moves on. And uh, she comes up to this giant open what chasm would you call it? It's just this bottomless pit. I mean, not unlike the pit of despair, um, because she's certainly disparaging over it. Um, but the flashlight is on the other side of this cavern. And so she, you know, tells Kate that there's this big ass pit that she needs to cross and this is one of the times where like your nails are in the palms of your hands mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. like a fucking megalodon could come up at any moment and you know use her as a toothpick basically um just anything could come by I mean that's just ugh. <laughs> Um, it's, it's definitely frustrating, but she gets to the other side. Well, she gets to a landing and finds the flashlight, but no happy hair, Javier. Um, (laughs) (laughs) and she starts spinning around 
looking for him. There is literally no sign of this guy. It just starts spinning around. <laughs> and now she doesn't know which way she came from. And she keeps spinning around. Girls, stop. Stop spinning. You know, you're wasting more of your oxygen. You're exerting yourself. There's literally nothing to see around you. You basically just fucked yourself. Um, and actually, Javier comes up to her and says, Get back to the cage! And then he gets bitten by a shark. And taken with it. Hi, um, Javier. Yep, Javier, bye-bye. Um, and so... Basically, Lisa's out, stuck in the middle of nowhere, and is like, Kate, you know, bang on the cage if you can see my flashlight beam. And thankfully, that works. She gets back to her sister, um, and she, uh, she was actually able, this was very smart, I know, this is how I know she plays video games, is from Javier, she, uh, she saw his uh, carcass once she got back to the closer to the cage with the ocean floor, and he had um, a uh, shoot. What is the name of it? A spear gun. Yes. And the uh, other the clip for the other winch. And didn't did he have flares? I think he had flares. I know they sent more, but I thought he had flares. No, they, sure. they sent flares with the oxygen. That's what it was. Yeah. Um, I thought there was a third thing that Javier had. Um, either way, she gets back to the cage, hooks up the new winch. You know, uh, she swims up, radios in and says, hey, we're connected. Pull us up. She gets back in the cage. We're saved. We're saved. Oh my gosh, we're saved. But there's still 30 minutes and, left of the movie. Yeah, and uh, and so they start being pulled up, and everything is wonderful. And oh my god, it's so great. And we're gonna be fine. And then the cable snaps, and they go tumbling. Oh. Like. They don't go straight down like they did with the last time. No, no. This cage is tumbling and shaking them up and way worse than the first time, even though it was a shorter drop and a sudden stop. Like, it's way worse. And in landing this cage, uh, Lisa's leg actually somehow got on the outside of the cage and got stuck under. This was awful. So she is pinned there. Um, and so, um, actually, something I forgot to mention earlier when they were plummeting really fast, and I was wondering if there were any, ish any like, um, physical issues that could happen. Um, Lisa's watch that she's diving with, um, I don't really think it's a diving watch, uh, the glass on it broke. Mm. So... Mm. And they made sure to show that, which um, I used to have a friend that would call that, you know, Schrodinger's blank. Yep. Like, <laughs> pay attention mm. to this. It'll be a key point later, or it'll be used later. 
Um, is it is it Schrodinger's or Chekhov's? I, I've heard it used both ways. That's yeah, why, for that's Chekhov's. Why. Yeah. Oh, okay. I I thought they used Schrodinger's, but wasn't no, Schrodinger see, with the cat in the box? See, no, I've I've heard people say it both ways too. That was more of a question to the group, like because I, when you said it, it's like yeah, that makes sense. It's, but no, is it Schrodinger's or Chekhov's gun or cat? Yeah, I, I don't remember anymore. Yeah, I I have no idea. Maybe somebody out there can tell us. I'm pretty sure Schrodinger is the one with the cat that may or may not be alive in a box. Um, <laughs> I love I love um, what's it that that type of physics? It's <laughs> just like you know, we can prove to you that the cat may or may not be in the box or may not have ever existed at all. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Um. So they um. Obviously, the second winch doesn't work this time, and they're stuck at the bottom, but uh, they were able to relay that they're running out of oxygen, so they send down more, and along with a few flares. And, um, so... Oh, oh, can I just say, I'm... uh, When I first saw this movie, I expected that they were just gonna, like, leave them to die. Yeah, at one point they say, "Is that the sh- is that the ship's motor?" Like I, oh, oh yeah. When I first yeah, saw I this, know. I was like, "Are you bloody serious? These assholes are literally leaving them." Oh fuck that. Yeah, like, I mean that you know, I mean they, you know, no one knew they were out there, and it's clearly you know a janky operation. It wouldn't have surprised me. Well, I mean, they said it was a friend's boat. Like, you know, this isn't something they do normally. Apparently. Right. Um, but they could. They could do it to swindle tourists. Who mm-hmm. knows? You know, get the two cute guys to make friends with the two cute girls and, you know, invite them out a hundred bucks each. You know, all it costs is, you know, ship fuel and electricity. You know. Yeah. Um, but anyway, they, they were uh, talking about the dangers of switching their tank, and they brought up nitrogen narcosis. <laughs> um, mm. Now, I, I have not heard this term before. Me neither. And, um, I didn't look it up the first time I watched this movie, but I did look it up now, and according to healthline.com, Uh, Nitrogen narcosis is a condition that affects deep-sea divers, and it goes by many other names, including narcs, rapture of the deep, the martini effect, and inert gas narcosis. Um, And so uh, it was saying that uh, deep-sea divers use oxygen tanks to help them breathe, and the tanks usually contain a mix of oxygen, nitrogen, and other gases. Um, now, once divers swim deeper than about 100 feet, the increased pressure can alter these gases. And when inhaled, the gases can produce unusual symptoms that often make a person appear to be drunk. Now, they're saying, well, nitrogen mycosis is a temporary condition. It can have serious health consequences. Um, and some of the symptoms of nitrogen narcosis... Um, they, they project that, or they describe that they're feeling like they're uncomfortably drunk or dazed, and, um, the symptoms include 
poor judgment, short-term memory loss, trouble concentrating, a sense of euphoria, disorientation, reduced nerve and muscle function, hyper-focusing on a specific area, and dun, 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 hallucinations. <laughs> and, Stick a pin in that. Yep, and more severe cases can also cause someone to go into a coma or even die. Yikes! So, like, this is this is a pretty serious thing, um, and symptoms actually start to become even more serious at a depth of about three hundred feet. So, like, this is pretty serious deal. Um, I think. I think it should have been mentioned uh, before they went down instead of over a crackly ass radio that they can barely hear. Yeah, by the way. <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of things should have been mentioned before they went went in. <laughs> yeah. By the way, there's about a thousand things that can kill you while you're doing this. Yeah. Have fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, you know, Kate goes out to get the oxygen and she gets her uh, tank switched over and then um, starts to bring the other one back to Lisa, whose leg is still pinned under the uh, cage. And she gets the oxygen close enough and as soon as she gets her leg out from under the cage, she, find out, she finds out Kate is alive. And um, so she gets out, finds Kate, and finds out that Kate is actually really nearby, which is kind of weird how close she is. But she is bleeding profusely. And I'm like, you know, you figured out how to get a cage off your leg. How about you figure out how to, you know, stop your sister's leg from bleeding and drawing sharks? Right? Yeah. Just a thought. Anyway, um, they start swimming up to the surface because they're not waiting around anymore. And they light one flare to kind of keep sharks at bay. And it goes out. And they go to grab the second flare and they drop it. Of course they do. People in situations like this, I would always keep like, like my hands would be just so tense. Like I'm not I can't drop anything. I'm not dropping anything. Because I've seen too many movies like this, so I know not to drop things. <laughs> yeah, but you're also in the water, and you know stuff can go wrong. Oh yeah. Uh, but it actually sets it up really well for when they get the third one lit, and they are surrounded by like three sharks. It's one of the best shots in the entire. Oh yeah. It That's great. is. Oh my gosh! You you don't think. Like claustrophobia under the water is a thing, but that darkness, they're down so far that like that, like what's out there, you know, you think you, you picture just like, you know, blue openness. I can see everywhere. And yeah, it, oh, 10 feet in front of you. Oh, it's like, terrifying. Oh, man. That shot is just insane. Yeah, uh, it's. it's it, that's why I'm one of my biggest fears is deep water. <laughs> and th- that's that's an example like right there yeah like i i don't mind you know how deep the cage went i'm like cool there's floor there but once you get to that chasm uh-uh yeah uh-uh. no no sorry bob uh-uh 
um, anyway, you know, the girls are forced to stay in that spot for five minutes so they can decompress and not get the bends. Um, and, oh, can I just quickly say to the bends, I, I wrote this in the notes. I don't know if you saw Jess, but, um, uh, I've mentioned Rescue 911 on this podcast before and how that show traumatized me, like made me afraid of like literally everything. Another <laughs> thing was the Benz. Yep. They did a couple episodes about them. Like, I'm like, you can, you can die from coming up the water too fast. Like what? Like, Oh my God. Ugh. Is that streaming anywhere? Uh, the only place I found it is on a uh, Pluto. Okay. Yeah. Like, I don't know if it's even there to stream, but they have like a, a whole channel where it runs constantly. Ooh, okay. Yeah. I might have to check that out. Mm-hmm. It's def- it definitely shows its age, but, you know, it's still pretty cool. Yeah. Um, anyway, they, they're they stuck in this position with, like, at least three very large sharks around them. And quite honestly, if they don't make a lot of motion, they probably would have been all right. Uh, sharks are very drawn to vibrations in the water and whatnot. But now that we know sharks can sense electricity, who knows? Um, Either way, uh, they get their five minutes in and they start going up to the boat. Um, They're like, you know, time's up, swim, swim, swim. So they're swimming up super fast and they get to the surface and they see the boat and they start swimming to it. And all of a sudden, Lisa gets chomped by a shark and gets pulled down and she starts fighting it and she gets away from it and her sister's been pulled up on the boat and she starts crawling up the uh, rope ladder on the side and all of a sudden shark noms again and bites her leg again (laughs) and uh, and she gets pulled down again but eventually makes it back out. And they're both laying on the boat, and oh, they're safe, and everything's great and perfect. And she can see Captain Taylor, and they're working on their wounds, and everything's gonna be fine, and everything's kind of <laughs> funny. And oh, look at the blood in my hand, it's just floating. It's just floating out of my hand. And come to find out that they are not on the boat at all. Uh, Kate is still missing. And Lisa is having hallucinations. And she is still stuck in the cage on the bottom of the ocean. uh, With the cage still pinning her leg down. So none of that really happened. Um, She's basically temporarily gone mad uh, but you can see flashlights approaching and they get the cage off of Lisa's leg it's forced to the surface by the coat and so you know ideally everything is well um it doesn't really have much of an ending it just kind of ends there but we don't know I was amazed that the movie went that dark with the ending, especially a movie starring Mandy Moore. Yeah. It really surprised me. I thought what would have been even darker is if they just ended it there with Kate still on the ocean floor with her hand like that. That's a chilling, chilling show. You mean Lisa? Lisa, Lisa. sorry. 
Yeah, yeah. I'm like, we don't know where Kate went. Like, yeah, Kate, Kate is shark food. Kate, Kate's, Kate's shark, yeah. Kate's, Kate's shark in food. a belly. She's dead. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, I was I was just going to say, I almost would have preferred it had, you know, the Coast Guard not shown up and she was just laughing and lost oxygen. It's so um, brutal. Yeah. But it gives you that definitive ending. Yeah. So, I don't know. And maybe I'm just dark. Who knows? I mean, well, you guys know. But <laughs> no, I I love 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 a big Hollywood theatrical release that has the balls to to have this like this is such a mean spirited end. It's like they give you the hope, and then the movie goes, "Yeah, you know what? Hope is fake." <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh yeah. man, such Fuck a good hope. one. Yeah, yeah. Um... Yeah, it was I the the first time I saw this, my jaw was like on the floor. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I remember yeah. my brother coming back from a critic screening out of it and going, he goes, This one is something special. And I go, What do you mean? It's you know, it I mean it looked fine, but it's the Mandy Moore is, is in a shark cage movie. And he goes, No, 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 no. You gotta see this. Like yeah. this movie is is just visceral and nasty <laughs> and i was like oh all right oh yeah yeah and and did you know that originally it was going to be direct to dvd and streaming wow yeah Man. it so it was uh under the title the original title was in the deep okay and you can you can still see it as such on rotten tomatoes so it was supposed to be released in august of 2016 uh in in stores and streaming and they shipped the DVDs to stores uh, on the same day it was announced that they were pulling it and instead doing a theatrical release, so which cool. happened in 2017. So you can, if you go on eBay, you can find their collector's items of the DVD with the title In the Deep. Oh, wow. And clearly it went on to be a huge hit and spawn a sequel. So it, it, it reminds me of the, the pitch black thing. Pitch black was supposed to be a made for sci-fi channel movie. And really? The same, same way. Got a theatrical release kind of just on the Vin Diesel had gotten a little popular. So they were mm-hmm. like, Oh, and, and the rest is history. Right. Mm. Yeah. I love pitch black. Well, for, for that was awesome. Jess, <laughs> I, I like, reliving the movie through you talking about it and getting my hair standing on end again. Cause the movie's just intense. It is. It really mm-hmm. is. Actually, Stefan told me a really cool little factoid that I did not even know about it and did not even know, like there's a, you know, pretty well-known actor that had a part in it, but he actually wound up getting cut out. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was. <laughs> you want to say it? Or, yeah. Um. So James Vanderbeek played Lisa's boyfriend Stuart. You know, he was the one that the one that broke up with her. And yeah. The, uh, broke up in mm-hmm. a flat. And, and there were some flashbacks, but it um, it was cut out. Uh, and I, I think it flowed better that way. But so he would have been the seventh uh, credited. Yeah. Cast member in this movie. How dare you cut the Dawson out of my movie? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I I really think it would have taken away from the story. I agree. Mm-hmm. For the for for um to to keep us on a good efficient time because this is a great episode and uh 
what are our MVPs, guys? Oh my, um, goodness, this, that's a tough one. Um, I think it's, it's hard to say because it was such a small cast. Um, I'm going to say I have two. Um, I'm going to go with Kate, um, because she was the more adventurous sister and, you know, had the cojones to swim out and do the things that Lisa wouldn't. Um, and then I'm going to have to go with Javier as much Mm. as I'm making fun of his name. Um, he, you know, he swam down with the extra winch and the flashlight and the spear gun. And, you know, he made an active effort to try and save these girls. Whereas the other guys just stayed up on the boat. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Stefan, what about you? Definitely. I mean, yeah, I, I would agree, uh, with that. And, um, I would also like to give a shout out to, I guess, if you if you if we did want to do a that guy, yeah, sure. For for this uh, movie, uh, my the, my that guy is Matthew Modine, hell who yeah, was the the owner of the boat. Uh, he he's been in a lot of stuff. Most recently, he's known for uh, Stranger Things, yes. uh, season seasons one and two. Um, he was one of the casualties of uh, Cutthroat Island. The mm-hmm. Rennie Harlan movie starring Gina Davis and him, um, which destroyed destroyed both of their careers, both their film careers, and uh, uh, killed the pirate genre till Pirates of the Caribbean. It's wild. Yeah. And uh, Stefan, how this movie? Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Can I, I just want to say one more thing too? Um, I think this has been a long time coming for Mandy Moore to have done a movie like this. Yeah. Uh, a little bit. I'm, I've always been a huge uh, Mandy Moore fan. I was going to go see her. She was coming to Minneapolis right before COVID happened, so didn't happen. So I'm hoping to see her when she does eventually come. Uh, she's finally performing Candy again live after ignoring it for years and never acknowledging that, <laughs> which I love. Um, so she, in 2003... Uh, well, first of all, 2002, she was to have been the opening victim, a la Drew Barrymore, in the Wes Craven, Kevin Williamson werewolf film Cursed. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the the same character that Maya played in the original, the, the car garage scene. Love it. Yep. But um, when that movie got messed up and they ordered, you know, rewrites and reshoots, uh, she was unavailable to refilm her scene. So didn't happen. Hashtag uh, curse directors cut. Make it happen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And the other one was in 2003 or four. It was announced she was going to do a horror movie called Opair or a thriller where she was a nanny for a wealthy family who uncovers dark, sinister secrets. But oh, it, that sounds great, too. Yeah, it, it never it never got off the ground beyond that. I've, I found a few references to it online, but that's all. Um, yeah, if I ever meet her, I'm totally asking her what happened with that movie. <laughs> yeah, I got to I got to talk about Matthew Modine because, like, I didn't remember who he was, but like the name pinged for me. Um, and I just went through his filmography. And I guess what I remember him most from is he starred in the TV movie Flowers for Algernon. Yes, he did. 
which I I love that book. Uh, one of my favorite quotes is from that book. So I just, you know, that's that's what pinged for me. I'm like, I recognize that name. And I had to kind of go down it. And that, that and uh, The Dark Knight or The Dark Knight Rises, he had a role in that as well. Yes. Uh, I don't remember him in that movie. Yeah, he. Uh, oh, he was also on um, Weeds for a while. Mm. Uh, but uh, he he played a character uh, in The Dark Knight Rises named Foley. Probably a detective or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, mm. he he looks like someone who <laughs> he has that look. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, uh, the critical consensus for this movie, uh as per Rotten Tomatoes, as usual, 52% critical score and 36% audience score. I cannot believe the audience score isn't higher. I guess the, the, the nastiness of the ending must have really pissed people off. Probably. Well, of course, everyone's a sucker for, you know, a regular Hollywood ending where mm-hmm. everything's peachy at the end. I, I really give it credit for doing that ending and then yes. having it immediately be like, yeah, sorry, no. Yeah, <laughs> yeah me too. To, to, I, to I really me, loved it. Yeah, it just it makes it so much more memorable to me. Um, cool. And for sure more memorable than the one we're going to talk about. But <laughs> And that brings us to our next movie on this episode of Fighting Films, the sequel to 47 Meters Down, 47 Meters Down Uncaged. Stefan, take it away. 47 Meters Down Uncaged was released uh, two years later in 2019. Uh, And the synopsis per IMDb is two sisters diving in a ruined underwater city quickly learn they've entered the territory of the deadliest shark species in the claustrophobic labyrinth of submerged caves. So uh, we first saw this, uh, Jess and I, we went to the drive-in theater by where uh, she lives for her birthday which we do every year. Yep. Love it. Yeah, so fun. And um, I, I got a kick out of this movie. You know, I, I didn't like it as much as the original, but I guess we'll save that for the ending. So It was so hard to see at the drive-in, though. Yes. <laughs> yes, I know, I know. Horror movies know. do not do well there. No, I mean, I think we saw it better than The Nun, which was like, Ooh. you couldn't see any of that. Yeah. My God. You saw uh, it was The Nun's face every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. So the movie opens with, um, uh, you know, shots of the ocean, similar to 47 Meters Down, and uh, it cuts to a swimming pool where there's a girl uh, struggling for appears to be struggling for her life and i love how they do the the this time it's juice in the pool whereas the first one it was wine kind of being ominous like blood i think it was a margarita actually in the oh yeah yeah it was a margarita in the first but judging by glass style that she right yeah yeah some alcoholic beverage but yeah so you know um uh, ominous for blood yeah with what's about to happen so uh First of all, the opening credits, you got to laugh This that, that there's people in this opening credits. There's Sistine Stallone, Sylvester Stallone's daughter, and Kylan Rambo. Tell yep. me that's not funny. Hilarious. Yeah. That's in the trivia section on IMDb. You know, there's not a lot of trivia for a movie when they list that. Um, <laughs> so 
we open at the school and this is a, um, uh, a, a fancy school, you know, they wear uniforms and what kind of school has a swimming pool right out in the open like that? I think One it in was Mexico. A it was what? I think it was a fountain. Oh, it looked, looked big enough to be a pool to me, but it might've been a fountain. And okay. I was confused as to the location of this movie. I thought it was Hawaii. It seemed like Hawaii, um, especially with the school. Yeah. There, there, there weren't a lot of Hispanic people in this movie or people who looked Mexican. Um, but, uh, but the ruins they were in didn't look like they'd be in Hawaii. So I w- and I couldn't find anything about that on IMDb or mm. um, any of the synopses where it took place. So Didn't listener- they say they were, they were Aztec, right? Was what they kept saying. Yeah, that's what I thought. So then it would have been Mexico. But this, I mean, I mean, I know some foreign countries have all American schools, but I, w- I wouldn't think Mexico, but maybe. Um, yeah, it, it was very weird, right? Because they give you the, uh, they had to come there with the father, you know. Mm-hmm. But then everyone in the school, like you said, seems to be someone who's being displaced and put there. So it's, it, yeah. it's yeah. weird, right? Right. I mean, I, I, I guess those, I mean, you know, I guess they exist, but I, I wouldn't think um, Mexico, but maybe. And so uh, we meet these two, there's these two stepsisters, me and Sasha. Me is the blonde who's in the pool and who's Sasha getting kicked her, on. Who's getting kicked on, yeah. And uh, Sasha and her mom have just moved to, uh, moved uh, to the location to live with uh, me and her dad now. And who are now their family. And uh, so Sasha is pretty dismissive of Mia. She's like, you know, we're, we're not. Um, she's my stepsister, you know, always keen to say stepsister, not, you know, sister. And so their mom picks them up, uh, played by Nia Long, who I've always thought was really underrated. And yeah, she's we... actually my uh, that girl actor for this movie. Oh, awesome. Oh. Yeah. What, yeah. what else has she been in? Oh, goodness. So I remember first seeing her on um, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Uh, wow. She was Will's uh, long-term girlfriend, Lisa, uh, for a while. She was actually on for off and on for about four years. Um, she was also in the movie Friday. She was on Living Single. Like, she has a pretty great career. Like, she was in Boys in the Hood. Um, mm-hmm. She, you know, had a stint on Moesha uh, as a babysitter in a two-parter. Um, she, you know, was in The Best Man. She was in Boiler Room, uh, Big Mama's House. Um, she was on Judging Amy. She was on... You know, oh, excuse me, Boston Legal. Um, she's she's been on a lot of things. Like this woman is a hustler, and she, you know, you know, she's done it all. Basically, you know, she's been in, you know, music videos from like Snoop Dogg and Pharrell, and you know, she's been in TV movies like Beaches. And, you know, she was in the movie Keanu and like she just she's been all over. And just, you know, in the last few years, she's been on Dear White People, Empire, The Goldbergs, the TV movie, NCIS LA, 47 Meters Down Uncaged, The Bunker, Black AF, Fatal Affair and Life in the Year, Life in a Year. Mm hmm. 
So she's like seriously since 2017, all of that. Yeah. So she's got she's got a lot going on. Oh yeah. But yeah. she's she's fantastic and looks amazing and yeah, that is my that girl, that woman uh actor for this movie. Mhm. For sure. And so so oh, then and she was in Stigmata. Sorry. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Good movie. And so we arrive at home and uh Sasha and Mia go inside and we meet uh the dad who actually and the dad is my that guy of Me the movie. Yeah, John Corbett, <laughs> who he's been in a ton of stuff. Uh I first remembered him from Northern Exposure. My parents loved that show. Oh yeah. Back yep. in the day. Northern Exposure, my big fat Greek wedding and yes. Sex in the City are probably what he's most known for. Oh my god. Um, his role on Sex in the City was so heartbreaking. That's yeah. what I've heard. I heard that. I'm I'm a gay and I've I've never seen Sex in the City. Not Whoa. much. So. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, so Mia sits down with her dad, and you know, he's basically like so so okay, first of all, so Sasha has been invited by uh her friends who don't like Mia to go on a a glass bottom boat ride, uh, you know, to see underwater life and whatnot. Uh, whenever they get glass bottom boats, I was thinking of the magic school bus. There was one episode where they did that or one of the books. Yes. And I thought it looked so cool. Um, I'd love to do something like that sometime. And uh, so her dad basically is like, you know, you should do it. It'll be fun. You know, it's, you, you've been, you've been, you know, down in yourself since uh, your, since mom died. And uh, he gives her his uh, shark tooth and, you know, stick a pin in that, you know, because, you know, you know, whenever somebody gives him something, it's going to come back. Yeah, I love later that, on, especially I, a movie like this. Yeah, I love the ominousness of it, too, because it's yep. like, hey, I found this in the city. Well, how'd that get down there? Eh, you know, those cabins have been underwater for hundreds and thousands of years or whatever. It's mm-hmm. probably something that happened a long time ago. And you're yep. like, oh, like here you take yep. it and they, and they zoom in on it. You know, they, 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 they zoom in and it's like, yep, you know, it's going to be significant. So, yeah. And um uh, the father is a um, an excavator. Should we call him that? Yes. Yep. And he's looking at uh, Aztecan ruins at this location. Uh, uh, this is the underwater uh, ruins. That's why they're living there right now. And so they uh, we cut to the next day, and Sasha and me are going for the boat ride, and they uh, their mom drops them off. And, uh, then, so they are about to get on and then Sasha's, uh, friends, Alexa and Nicole show up and they're like, let's, we have a, something that'll be way more fun. Uh, come, come with us. And, you know, me at first is kind of, I don't know, you know, Mia, Mia is very much the Lisa of this movie. Yes, they really they have the similarities here. Agree. And I, yeah, and I love how they they flip off the bully, her Kate or whatever her name was. <laughs> you know that 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 was a nice touch. You know, mm-hmm. uh, yep. So then they they drive off, and this this scenic view. I literally when I thought this was in Hawaii, I wrote in my notes. 
I'm still pissed that I'm the only member of my family and most of my friends that have never been to Hawaii. <laughs> I've never uh, been. Let's go. Cool. Yeah. And uh, so they arrive at this um, drop-off, uh, I guess, like a, like n- not a cavern, but um, yeah, where, you know, it, it drops down and there's the water underneath and they do the whole, you know, oh, are we going to go, you know, what's, are we going to do this? Let's do, you know, oh, they, uh, they go cliff diving. Yeah. Cliff diving. It's like, oh, I'm scared. Are we going to do this? And, you know, they grab the hands, jump in, just go for it. Uh, and so, yeah, they, they jump in, uh, and then they, they swim a little ways and then, uh, get out. Right. And then they walk. Or wait, they isn't there a raft in the middle of like this lagoon? Yeah, yes. they walk yeah. and walk and walk, and then they show the raft, and it's like, oh, that that coworker guy of your father's took me here mm-hmm. because we're dating. Don't tell him. Oh yeah, yeah. So it gets back to that, and uh, first of all, and I, I know that this is not off the grid because the dad was working there, but you know, off the grid da- equals danger. In movies like this or real life, you know, we've seen the descent. Just just don't do it. Just just don't do it. There's a reason they're off the grid. Um, I don't know. I took issue with the fact that they decided to suit up and, like, take their equipment when it's like, you know, they they specifically set this equipment up for their dive. Like, they're going to come back and all their oxygen is used up and, you know. Right. Hopefully they check yeah. it before they dive in. But that's, it's like that's I very that true. Teenagers and they don't care, but come on. Well yeah, yeah, stupid teenagers. Yeah. That's probably what they were going for. Um so of course. So they, they put on their suits and uh dive in and they go uh in this cavern underneath and then we see all the, the uh Aztecan ruins. Uh and we soon hear she's got the look playing. I love that song. Love that song. Yeah. And um, uh, we're introduced to our first jump scares, the shrieking fish. And I wrote, is, is that possible? Do fish do? I mean, I know sound doesn't travel underwater, but it, it sounded pretty um, static to me. <laughs> I guess I didn't, but. No, I, I actually, I actually tried to look it up and I, I don't think that's a real thing. No, it, it reminds me of those like hatchet fish that look like damned souls. Oh, those things are so creepy. Um, they're oh, they little haunt your dreams. Don't don't see that. Um, and so then they keep swimming. And I love this part where did you notice one part where Mia was swimming? There was uh, in the upper right corner, you could see a shark swim past her. Yep. Yeah. I had to rewind it and make sure I was seeing that right. I'm like, yep. <laughs> it was, it was such, like nice touch. And for, for all the flaws this movie had, we'll get to them. That was a really nice touch. Well, um, it combines so many things that terrify me. Like I told you the first one, the, the claustrophobia and the cage thing is a mm-hmm. fear. Like after I saw jaws the first time, it's just like, no, that doesn't seem like a good idea. Like I, I don't, I don't want to be underwater in something that I can't get out of. No, mm-hmm. um, but this movie combines the, the descent could be 
could be the movie that affected me the most out of any horror movie I've ever seen because I have such claustrophobia and fear of tight spaces. And that movie was so good and nailed it. And this movie, I'm like, so I'm, I'm afraid of sharks. I'm afraid of the underwater and I'm in caves. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, so yeah. sorry, continue. So, uh, then we get our first, our first look at the sharks. They pop out. There's a lot of shark jump scares in this movie. Oh, yeah. Yep, yeah. And um, I will say, and a common criticism of this movie was that um, the the CGI was pretty poor. And I agree with that compared to the original. Uh, I thought the effects looked similar to Jaws 3 and 4, or Jaws 3 and the the Revenge. Mm. Uh, Which, oh, God, they're horrible, horrible effects in those movies. You know what I mean, right, Chris? Yeah, I have you ever the, seen those? And no, I know, I, I agree. The, the sharks kind of jumping out and swimming by them were, were kind of silly in this. I, I did like the couple of times the sharks were trying to get through things and get to them. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it, 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 it did, it felt a little disjointed. Like some of the effects were like, wow, that was intense, and then some of them were like, you know, and, and again, the, the murky cave underwater area that they were trying to film it it impresses me that they can pull off a movie in this type of area at all because it's mm-hmm. like but yeah the the shots in this one were not as pretty as the first one no well, which I, really... I was gonna say i really like the juxtaposition of you know the first one being in such open waters yeah. and then this one being in such tight quarters mm-hmm. very true yep yeah i agree uh and um, yeah, and the obviously the the um, Aztec and ruins were beautiful to yes. look at. Yes. And uh, so then uh, Mia stumbles back and uh, collapses the cave, and their only escape. Well, that they're aware of. That they're aware of. Yep. And uh, and th- this is uh, and so the uh, the boyfriend has already been eaten. At this point, you know, we all knew he wasn't going to last very long. And mm-hmm. so then they swim. They keep swimming and we run into me and Sasha's dad. So, all right. He and he knows the way out. So he leads them through uh, another cave and they go up to another opening. And here we have what is supposed to be their escape. And again, Wink, wink, we're 30 minutes. We have 30 minutes left, so yep. <laughs> we know this is not going to end well. And this is where we get the Ascender. And <laughs> the way John Corbett describes how to use this thing, push and pull up and down. When, when I saw this, when we saw this at the drive-in, I turned... To Dan and Jess, they were in the car next to me, and I literally said, "Wow!" <laughs> I just burst out laughing. I'm like, "This is um, not suggestive in the slightest." Yeah, right. Uh, yep. And that the Ascender, uh, for that reason, is my MVP. Yeah. Of this movie. Yep. Yep. Not very, not very useful as we see, but of course. Well, I mean, in all fairness. Had it just been one person, it would have yes. done its job just oh, fine. And we're going to get to that. Oh, because, of course, there's so always intense. 
there's always, you know, the one per- paranoid person that has to fuck everything up. Uh, mm-hmm. So they, um, so Sasha goes on the ascender. It was Sasha, yeah, Sasha or Alexa, one of them. One go of them. on the yeah, go on the ascender for the friends are interchangeable, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, all the characters other than me are pretty interchangeable in this movie. Well, um, they have to reflect the different personalities in a girl group. Yes, right. they do. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Alexa or Sasha, they get on the ascender and it starts, you know, go everything. You know, it's like, okay, this is going to work, but we see underneath the sharks are circling them and Nicole. AKA Sylvester Stallone's daughter jumps up and tries to go with. And then John Corbett says, no, no, we gotta, you know, you, you can't have one person on at a, there's only one person at a time. And so of course it collapses and yep. Nicole falls back into the water. They both fall it, in the water. Yeah, oh, well, well, immediately, immediately Nicole and she's shark food. And then, Sasha tries to hang on, is like pulling herself up, almost there, but the rocks, of course, break. Boom, falls back down. So what do we do? And thus ending that means of escape. Right. And so uh, John Corbett, being the dad, starts saying, you know, we will get out of here. We're going to survive. And if but you've you need seen, to listen to me. Yes. And if you've seen a certain shark movie from 20 years prior, <laughs> you, you know this is not going to end well. And suddenly, <laughs> bam, shark comes up and eats him mid-speech. This, this was a great jump scare. I loved it. I'm, I, I'm, wa- I'm watching it, and that movie that you just mentioned popped into my head, and I go... Are they yep. going to do that here? And it still got me. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, he got the Samuel L. Jackson death. That's for sure. <laughs> a throwback to one of our episodes from uh, a week ago or a week or two ago. Yeah. Yes. And um, so they, surmi- they surmise that they have to go back down and find another way out. So they do that and they've hit the currents and holy fuck these currents. I think they're just as terrifying as the sharks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that scene is intense. It's, oh, oh my God. And uh, so uh, Sasha loses her balance and is pulled away. We assume she's dead. So uh, Alexa, Alexa and me are the only two left. And, uh, Alexa's going first, and out of a crevice pops a shark and pulls her back, pulls her in. She uh, she does the smartest thing, what I would have tried to do. She takes off her gear, because the shark is kind of like stuck in there, and she tries to swim away, but she suffocates, drowns, uh, Pretty quickly, unfortunately, and that that shot of her dead body is haunting. Yep, mm-hmm. it's it sends chills down my spine. Uh, yeah, and so Mia has to push through at this point. You know, it's like yep. as you said in the last one, Jess. You know, pick yourself up by your bootstraps, and uh, which I I've I've mixed opinions on that saying because usually it's you know 
Republicans who say it, but that's another, <laughs> that's another, another conversation. Uh, and so uh, Mia is looking for a way out and that she comes across Sasha. She's still alive, but you know, I, I wrote, I wrote in my notes, Sasha is alive or is she? Because, you know, we saw the last movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Good point. Yeah, I, I wasn't getting my hopes up initially. And uh, so they they find a way out, fight their way through, and they make it to the surface. They're away from the shore, though. They got to find another way out. And they see a boat ahead of them. And it's the glass bottom boat they were supposed to go on. <laughs> bringing the whole plot, got to bring that plot line back around. Of course. And yeah. Uh, so then they've started chumming the waters, of course, which again, I wrote, you know, the, the legality of chumming the waters is always questionable. It seems. Don't chum the water. Don't chum the water. It's like, I love this bit. Cause it's I like know. one, one, I really love both movies sparing use of blood you know, like they, they really, even though these are shark movies, you know, it's PG 13, but the, I loved the starkness of the, like the shots of this, where it's like the, from the sky of like the blood surrounding them and them trying to run and you see the sharks and I'm just like, this is terrifying. Like, mm-hmm. it's like our safety is right there and they are literally putting us in a soup that makes their shark want to <laughs> eat us. It's like, it, it, it's, it's like, it's like coming through a minefield basically. It's insane. Yeah. And, and, um, and, and like I, you said, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I, uh, I have to agree in the second one that, you know, shot from the sky where you can see it spreading out. That's really cool. I just, in the first one, they, they had like three or four shots of like a fish head like floating in the water. I'm like, eh. mm. okay guys, we get it. Mm. Like if you don't know what chum is, you do now. Right. Right. And uh, so they basically at this point and they're screaming like, don't chum the water. And of course the person can't hear them because they can. Yeah. They, ne- yeah, they, ne- they never do. Um, <laughs> so uh, they're, they're swimming for their lives. They realize they have, they have one shot. They have to take it. So uh, they, you know, start swimming, and as in the first one, they are grabbed, pulled under repeatedly. They keep they keep fighting their way there. Uh, they get there, they reach it, and Sasha climbs up the ladder first, and then Mia starts climbing up, but then she is grabbed by a shark that jumps out of the water. Nom, nom, nom. Yeah, I always question how much sharks would, you know, I mean, I know they can jump, of course, but if they would, oh you know, yeah, jump, sharks if they, get air, right? I mean, if they like would be willing to risk that for food, I mean, I suppose for food. And so, I think, I think with the water chummed, they're much more apt oh, to because yeah. they're true. Like ravenous at very, that point. Very true. They and don't really so, know what's what. Mm-hmm. Mia is uh, pulled and is uh, in the mouth of a shark, and again, another throwback to Deep Blue Sea. Yes. Uh, oh, yeah, the, the the ending of Deep Blue Sea actually. Uh, the uh, she grabs the uh, tooth that her dad gave her at the beginning again, bringing that back around, uh, and starts just and she she is smart, smart yeah. and resourceful. Stabs it everywhere, stabs it in the eye. It lets go. She swims back, climbs up. They are tended to their wounds, and hopefully. 
hopefully that bitch Kate will give me a more respect now at school. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. was, I was going to say one of my favorite things is where um, they go up to the boat and they tried yelling at the guy not to chum the waters, but he can't hear them. And then they uh, realize that they can see into the boat, the people who are looking out um, because it's not really a glass bottom boat. Like it has a lower level with glass sides. Yeah. I was wondering about um, that too. Yeah. And so, like they go down and they like start pounding on the window and there's like the bitchy school bully <laughs> and like finally like the people run upstairs and they're like you know stop chumming stop chumming there's people in the water da 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 but i just it's so funny to see like the bully's face like what <laughs> I mm-hmm. love that scene. Yeah. Like that shot is just so cool. Like help us. Right. Yeah. <laughs> And the lesson of this is, you know, don't stick with original plans. You know, I, I, I do stick with original plans. You know, yeah, I mean, those th- in waterfalls, right? Yes, yeah, the rivers and the lakes that you're used to. I don't mean, go diving in caves. Yeah, because the cause, glass cause, bottoms cause, boats, but which aren't really glass bottom boats. Because <laughs> <laughs> what's scarier than the actual great white sharks you were going to see on that boat? You know, the blind cave great white shark. Like, you know, I thought those sharks were really cool. I do too. Like them being like the, you know, lack of pigment in their skin. I don't know if it's melanin for them. Um, but, you know, them being almost albino and, you know, it looked like they were blind because, mm-hmm. you know, they don't, they don't really need to see down there. <laughs> Um, well, yeah, and they, and they swam past, you know, them on several occasions. So yeah, they seemed a knife. Like yeah. So I just I thought those sharks were pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and that's forty-seven meters down uncaged. Yeah, awesome, Ooh. awesome. So you you gave your MVP, Stefan, for this. Um, what what about you, Jess? Um, I I gotta stick with Nia Long. Um, yeah. I you know I still remember her as Lisa from Fresh Prince and like she's just she's always gorgeous and it's great you know to see her when she's doing one of her many film endeavors for I've always mixed her up with uh Shana Sana Lathan is that her name oh I'm not sure who that is oh they they kind of look alike they've been in some stuff yeah is that how we that? I'm not sure, but yeah, that I I I agree with you, Stefan. Uh, the critical score for 47 meters down and caged is 45. percent The audience score is 68. percent Which compared to the first, that seems too high. I agree. I mean, I know a lot of those positive reviews were from teenagers. I'm sure because this was marketed towards them with the cast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm. I'm actually, you know, I I feel like both of these movies I would feel should be pretty even. You know, like I don't think either of these are are fifty or forty percent movies. You know, I'd say these, both of them are you know high sixties to seventies is what I'd see. This is a good you know B minus C plus couple movies in my opinion. Yep. I'd I'd say around sixty. Sixty's yeah. like mixed mixed to positive. That's fine, but I'm just really surprised the audience likes this one so much more than the first one. I mean, this one is a crowd yeah. pleaser, but I felt the first one was too. 
Well, it does have the typical Hollywood ending and, you know, mm-hmm. not everybody gets out safe, but, you know, it has a definitive ending. Yeah, very fair. Very fair. Um, yeah, you know, for for me, just to think back, you know, I'm, I'm not sure if this fits in the MVP category, but something I wanted to bring up before uh, before we move forward is, did they ever establish in this movie that those really tiny, not full head masks that they put on to go scuba diving had communication devices in them. I was wondering about that too. I, I mean, I, it looked like they did like the front was, was like a, like a Bane mask kind of. Yeah. Just a weird, like, cause again, I mean, that would be an oversight. That would be a big one because, Oh no, you know what? It's true. Cause when the sharks are attacking them the first time and disband them, you hear the, uh, the voices get, um, like, which, you know, because they're separated and they can't communicate. I just didn't see it, you know, and usually a movie will have someone say, you know, don't forget to turn your radio on, you know, or something. Honestly, with technology today, I wouldn't be surprised if it had like close term Bluetooth technology. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Now that we've discussed our thoughts on these films, 47 meters down and 47 meters down uncaged, let's see how they fared on the social media battle polls. Jess, give us the scoop. Holy buckets, guys. You will not believe it. We have our second sweep since we started doing this. Uh, it's The first one was Flight Plan versus Red Eye. Red Eye one hands down. And drumroll. 47 meters down one hands down nobody liked 47 meters uncaged <laughs> I'm, I'm not surprised by that i mean you know uncaged did have some moments of greatness but the original is just uh, a much better film to me oh right. yeah Un- yeah, uncaged it, 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 only it, exists because the first one was such a success yes. you know out of nowhere yeah. right and and I'll give Uncaged, you know, for a sequel, it it tries to do something different, and it's definitely fun to watch. But it um it doesn't have the the oomph that Forty Seven Meters Down had with that nasty, mean spirited third act. Yeah, and it, if, it didn't have as much plot. I feel. Yeah. No, no, it didn't. And um, and I'm not saying you know movies with teenagers should be you know automatically relegated to the bottom rung but you know this one it it just yeah it it didn't feel it just kind of it felt that way in a way i should say yeah yeah and and i will the to me 47 meters down uh if nothing else the execution and reveal of the twist at the end is where it elevates that movie like it it elevates it above to the, the high end of a B movie, I should say. It really does. It, it, it's what it's what we're going to remember it for forever. I feel like. Oh yeah. I feel like Forty Seven Meters Down is going to be you know, you know like we had those there's those movies of the eighties and the nineties that you are always like you got to see this thing because of ah and I don't want to tell you what it is. It, it's a, it's an event movie. You know it, it doesn't mm-hmm. quite reach like Shyamalan's Sixth Sense level, but it's close. It's close because it movies like this especially pg-13 rated movies like this do not have the balls to pull shit like this movie pulls yeah no um now i gotta i gotta say as much as i liked the setting of 47 meters uncaged and i liked the uh i don't know if they were 
fully blind because of the darkness, but I thought the sharks were pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I, I have to wonder if a different sequel would have done better. Like, maybe uh, follow the guys again. And, you know, it turns out that they've turned this into a racket. And they're killers. Oh, and they shit. do this. Or, like, they take out another set of girls. But these girls come up and, like, kick their asses. <laughs> or something like that. I don't know. Just something. Take something from the first movie besides sharks. You should start Whoa. this as fan fiction. I love this idea. Oh man, like, or or you know, since since we don't really get to find out what, oh man, you could you could have like a like a revenge type thing where it's like, yeah. you know, okay, she's mm-hmm. locked up in a an insane asylum or whatever because of what happened to her, and she is sending emails out to people, and they hunt down the guys that did this, and it turns out that there really is a racket, and it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, kind of like the ruins. Yeah, where, like the people are bringing. I love this. Mm-hmm. Oh, that. Oh, we we got to find something to cover with that freaking movie. Oh, yeah. balls! I, just, I love that movie. We, um, I just feel uh, like if there was some semblance of the first one, it would have done a little yes. better. It, it, it was it was a sequel in name only. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It, it's well, and, and it's sharks, teenage yeah. girls and sharks. Let's make another yeah. one. Well, I mean, they have a million of those, you know. Yeah, I, I, I think uh, um, I think the shallows and these two movies they'll make a great triple, triple mm-hmm. threat. They're all pretty damn good. That's the one with Blake Lively, right? Yeah, yes. that's I the one where like, you haven't seen it. Oh, it's it's it. I'll just say it. Um, just like these two movies, I think it catches you out of left field. Of, I won't say that either of these movies are super intelligent, but they're not stupid either. They're very effective. And The Shallows is the same way. You watch and you go, they've really put together a a perpetual motion machine of like, you know, this is actually a pretty damn terrifying little movie here for what it is. And and then you've got Crawl and Crawl just in those these four movies. I love I love that we're getting uh, better creature features like this. Yeah, it's about uh, time. Stefan and I talked about Crawl and how we wish the ending was just a smidge longer. Yep, I yes. agree. Yes. I agree. Yeah. It, it needed it needed an extra like five minutes. Mm-hmm. It it I believe, and I, I know Stefan shares different views than me on Alexander Aja, um, the director. I feel he's a very effective horror director and really gets tension and stuff. But I've I don't really feel I fully enjoyed a movie of his until crawl. Um, I liked a lot of them. Like, you know, uh, I, I feel high tension is a great movie until the twist. And, um, I can see that. And the Hills have eyes remake. I'm going to have to rewatch. Cause I just, there's something about it that rubs me the wrong way and I can never figure it out. Um, I guess the piranha movies are pretty cool. The new piranha, they're stupid, but, but they're, Oh <laughs> yeah. So, so stupid. But, um, you know, this one crawl was just like, damn, like it was just mm-hmm. such a, and, and they spent like no money on it and it looked phenomenal. Like, it's just, I don't know. Um, yeah, I just, uh, I feel that they could have toyed with that, uh, rope ladder coming uh-huh. down from the helicopter and like a gator coming up and stuff like that a little more. I agree. Mm hmm. 
I agree. It, yeah. It oh. was just it was a very blunt ending. It it was. So how do you guys um rate these two against each other? I, I really do feel the first movie is better, but I don't feel like the second one is that much not better. I think they're both very strong movies for what they are. You know, they're not masterpieces by any stretch, but um I feel they're different enough from each other that they kind of stand on their own. But to me, 47 meters down, the original takes it. What, what about you guys? I would agree with that. Um, uh, 47 meters down just feels more professionally made. Um, I think the CGI is better. And uh, if nothing else, the, the, the ending, I, yeah. I love, I love that ending. Yeah, I I really enjoyed 47 Meters Down 1. When I heard they were making a second one, I didn't really know what to expect. Um, I you, you know Lisa's never going back in the water. <laughs> I think Lisa's going to an institution. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't know what to expect, and when I saw the trailers, I was pretty meh about it. It seems more of a teenage thriller than an all-around thriller. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, it, I don't have a lot of regard for the second one. Yeah, I was fair. I was really shocked that Johannes Roberts uh, directed the second one. Yeah, because it it feels very different in a lot of regards. Like not not as like 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 even more. I mean, the first one is definitely a B movie, but this felt more like a C movie. The yeah, unaged. this 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 felt like it was going for like the the first one felt like it was trying to be an elevated B movie, and this one just felt like it was owning the yeah. This is a big budget version of what they'd put on the Sci Fi Channel. Have fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I could honestly see like the second one just being like direct to streaming. Yeah, yes, and, and, yes. And that that may have been the intention too, and then they were like, "Wait a minute, P- people really liked the first one a lot more than we thought." Get this out yeah, there. Yeah, but no. Yeah, but no. I I I enjoyed no. I enjoyed the setting of this. I, I'm not sure if it fully works, but I I thought the cave stuff was a really cool, creepy way to do shark you know chasing movie like you know the shark is like a stand-in for just the predator hunting you instead of in open water it's you know in hallways and stuff but yeah they you know i guess they were trying to do what the first one did a little bit with the okay is 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 my sister dead or is she not you know or whatever thing but yeah it doesn't have that what made 47 meters down so damn impressive was that it was visceral and it was nasty and it didn't let up Yes, this movie kind of does that when they kill um, the dad and then there's Mm -hmm. not really anything after that other than escape and everything's going to be fine. You know, one one thing that I really liked about it and uh, that is, you know, the fact that it was amongst these ruins. So, like, you weren't just bumping into stuff and oh, whatever, like you're trying to, you know, not bump into stuff to save these however long ago ruins that have just been found, you know, and not try to destroy them while you're still trying to save your life. You know, that's, that's one thing I enjoyed about it is that, you know, you're just, you're trying to be careful of your surroundings where it didn't really have that in 
the first movie except to watch out for sharks. Yep. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So yeah, that's uh that's forty seven meters down and forty seven meters down uncaged. Um, you know, thank both of you for your awesome, awesome summaries of those movies and your thoughts and insights and um it's awesome. Uh Jess, tell people where they can find our show and how they can support us. Absolutely. You can find us on Gmail, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, where you can find our weekly poll every Monday um, on Fighting Film Pod or Fighting Film Podcasts. And if you decide that you really love us and want to throw some money at us, we are on Patreon at Fighting Films Pod, not dot com. It's uh, Patreon.com slash Fighting Films Pod. <laughs> It is definitely late. Um, we do have a few membership levels, which are boxing themed to go to kind of stick with our show. Um, say you find some change in your couch cushions and you want to just toss it at us. Um, you get a sneak peek into new shows and content a little earlier than everybody else for a dollar a month. Um, if you, you know, like us a little more than that and, um, want to give us maybe five dollars a month that gets you the early content you also get patreon only access to behind the scenes content and you do get a patreon shout out on our episodes um until there are way too many of you that we can't do it anymore um And our third one is our welterweight level at $10 per month. So if you really love us and want to support us and keep the show going, you can sign up for that one. Um, We will eventually have a couple more coming up. But right now, this is our highest. You do get the uh, the behind-the-scenes content. You do get the early access. Um, You do get the Patreon shout-out. But you also get to pick one show's theme. You pick the theme, we pick the movies, it'll be awesome. Love it. Um, and yeah, you know, Jess is just doing a ton of awesome work to make that social media and uh, the connections out there with everybody grow. Um, in the middle of recording this, we have a poll running for a future episode, and the vote count is just already doing amazing while we're recording and it's just so great to see the interactions from you all so keep it up we can't wait to keep growing this to even bigger than it already is so thank you all for listening this has been stefan this has been jess and this has been chris until next time let's keep those films fighting bye everybody bye Uh, bye so how how are both of you doing is um is are is things still uh tense out there right now? Um neither of us are really near the activity. Yep. Um we don't have curfews anymore. Right, yeah, yeah okay. We had mm-hmm. curfews for the past couple days, but we're good now. Yeah. Um when I was driving around, say like I was driving around Richfield earlier and it looked like some places had gotten looted. Yeah. Recently. Mm. Um, I haven't been keeping up on this protest as much as I did last year. Um, cause 
the riots last year were actually down in an area that I used to live by. And a lot of the businesses that got looted and burned down were places that I had been to and shopping Mm -hmm. and all of that. And so it was really, really hard to watch. And I, I think I literally stayed up for like five days Wow. and at night, I was just watching live streams and sharing live streams and jumping from one to the next. And well, so- yeah, we were we were that way last year because um, it all spilled over into Boston and then it spilled over into Lynn and they were actually marching in the uh, um, square near my house. Oh, cool. And so you and it was great. You know, I mean, it was very peaceful um, and it was 